0: Welcome to another fun, filled, mind-pricking adventure with Mind Surfer Radio. That's right, harnessing the waves of the mind, grabbing your surfboard and metaphorically surfing those thoughts that drive you nuts and they knock you down, but you get up again because ain't nothing going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down I get knocked down But I get up again You're never gonna keep me down Pissing the night away Pissing the night away He drinks his whiskey drinks He drinks his vodka drink He drinks his lager drink He drinks his cider drink He sings the songs that remind him of the good times He sings the songs that remind him of the better time Oh Danny boy Danny boy, Danny boy. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You ain't never gonna keep me down. Late 90s, Tub Thumping by Wumba. Now I know that that was just a fun drinking song, but I'm telling you, that song motivated me. Our team was like 0 and 9 when we were playing major junior hockey. And then someone brought this song to the room and we listened to it and we won. And then that just became my anthem for so many times in my life when I was younger. Because it kept talking about drinking, and I was like, yes, drinking. We need to keep drinking. But then when you actually listen to the lyrics, which is with most songs, when you actually look back and re-listen to the songs you used to love, you're like, wow, that was way more meaningful than what the fuck I interpreted from it. Because I was just jumping and dancing and drinking. Woo! And it was a good time. But then we got caught up in that loop where we were just drinking to remember the good times, to remember the music, to remember a past time. We're no longer in the mode of creating, we're in the mode of lamenting. Like we sit here because of the choices we've made have now put us in a position where we're not happy. We did everything we're supposed to do, but I'm not happy. Now here's the my perspective. Again, not everyone's perspective. This is mine. So if this pricks your brain and you don't like it, well, good. Maybe you need to hear other people's perspectives. Now this isn't judgment. This is perspective of choices I made. It's what my life actions have brought me. Now, what don't I have? I don't have a loving family. I don't have kids that run to my leg when I get home and they're like, da da! And that feeling of joy of ever loving, unconditional love that you'll protect the soul because you created it with everything within your being and your whole purpose in life is to protect this one soul. I just never had that urge to have that. I never even thought about it. I never considered it. It was not something that was part of my, oh, I need that. It's weird. Is it something that I'd like to experience? Yeah, possibly. It is possible that I would want to experience that. I see that now. I see what that responsibility entails. I see what that sacrifice entails. What I have realized over the years is Having worked many good union jobs at a young age and then seeing how fragile they are and how if you lose that job, there is no way you are getting another job in that sector or in the world at that salary you're making. So you have to do whatever you have to do. There is no questions asked. Tell me what to do, boss. I don't give a fuck who I fuck because I just need to pay the bills. And that's why we don't question anything. That's why we don't want to question authority. We don't want to question the boss. You don't want to question the board of directors. You don't want to question anyone cuz what would what are they going to do? They're going to be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, who's this fucking person with a fucking opinion that sounds like it's not part of the team plan? If you don't want to be part of the team, get the fuck out." But it's like, "Yeah, but your team is like railroading and just ravishing everything, and that includes my family and my people I know in my community. Fuck that. Get the fuck out if you're going to talk like that. So you just have to shut up, and it's just the way it is. Now, this took years for me to see this and understand it. It's not like they're going to teach you this in school. It's not like this is conversations that you're going to openly have at someone's house who owns a company that's devastating and taking advantage of people and destroying environments, polluting water. You're not just gonna bring it up. And most likely, if you're friends with people like that, you're probably doing the same thing with your company. And then there's always, well, what are you gonna do? It's the economy, the economy. If the economy doesn't survive, humanity doesn't survive. I'm like, what? I'm like, if humanity doesn't survive, the economy doesn't survive. That's the actual correlation. Because the economy does not exist within the rules of nature. Even with these scientific experiments with monkeys that they use, where it's been proven in the animal kingdom, the reward system so if you give one grape to one monkey and then you give 20 grapes to the other, the one grape monkey gets upset and he's like, wait, I want what they have. This is very primate. And if we're comparing our humanity, well, that's just the way we are. I'm like, yeah, well, there's a lot of things the way we used to be as a monkey. And yes, I understand we're just bigger, evolved monkeys. Our, probably, our ancestors are aliens who fucked monkeys. And then we are the byproduct of it, you know, tens of thousands of years later. That's impossible. Okay, it's impossible. Cool. Let's... It's a whole other conversation. And I love that conversation. That's why I love hanging out with the people I hang out with because I have these conversations because I know they're completely absurd, but when you actually look into the science and look into the scientists looking into it and looking into archeological new discoveries, because most people, Consider their education from 40 years ago, 50 years ago to be accurate. So great, yes, you're right. Except here's the difference. As successful as you are in your job after working in it for 30 or 40 years, there are people who are equally successful in their jobs, which it is to expand on what you learned 40 years ago in a textbook. Now, you believe because you passed all these certifications through the school systems that you have great intelligence. The key to intelligence is never stop learning. That is intelligence. The Dunning-Kruger effect is when you stand on your high horse and rest on your laurels and look down on others pointing how intelligent you are. The Dunning-Kruger effect is an important factor you need to consider and always understand. Google it if you don't know what the Dunning-Kruger effect is. Basically, the less you know, the more confident you are in your intelligence and then the more knowledge you gain in a subject, the more you realize, holy fuck, I don't know shit. So then your confidence drops. So this is where we get into this paradigm where you have all these intelligent people with such lack of confidence because they don't want to stand up because they know that what they say can be contradicted, but they're going down the right path as opposed to someone who thinks they know everything. They have the confidence of a God looking down at others, spiting them. But ultimately, if you were to pressure test them or put them in a situation where they had to express their intelligence about that specific subject, they'd crumble and they'd probably have a huge collapse from their high horse, which then, based on the fact that they just learned stuff they didn't know, so which crumbled their whole theory that they know everything, they'll end up at the bottom of that pit if you look at the Dunning-Kruger effect and be at this low confidence, but they have more knowledge because they allow their mind to accept more perspectives. So that's the key is learn how to accept more perspectives without putting up a fucking wall or saying, yeah, well, you do whatever you like. There are passive aggressive ways to tell people, I don't give a fuck what you're doing. And one of them is, well, you know, do whatever makes you happy. That's just passive aggressively saying to people, I don't give a fuck about what you're doing. Just fuck the fuck off and go fuck yourself. That's what, go do whatever makes you happy. Like, that's like, fine, fine. As we start recognizing our own limitations, our own limited beliefs, our own quagmires of emotional bullshit that are entangled within our soul, stuck from moments that occurred in time that we barely remember, but it's stuck with us, And it turned into a trauma, whether we want to admit what the word trauma means or not. But something's occurred. Now, to be able to truly accept that you've made poor life decisions because of these traumas, because of these past experiences, that doesn't define people. What defines people is their actions today. So if you continue to do it, even after you've acknowledged that, oh yeah, shit, That event fucked me up. It's time I speak with someone who knows how to unpack it. Yay, I just spent 12 weeks unpacking, reorganizing, and finding my interior motivation and soul compass that allows me to sleep at night again, that allows me to turn off my brain, that allows my guilt to go away, that allows my anxiety to turn the future into planning and knowing that every day that I do one step more, I am moving forward, I am doing well. As we do this and move forward and start to recognize, hey, society's changing, the workforce is changing, everything is changing. The idea of living a comfortable life used to be the dream and I'll tell you why. My grandmother is 101 years old right now. She's still alive, and she still lives next door with a lot of help from my mom, like 15 to 21 hours a day of help from my mom. But my mom goes, well, so what? I put her in a fucking home, and then she's going to be deteriorating quicker. She doesn't have the love, and we can't visit when we want, and especially with what happened now. So they made the choice to have her there. And when I talked to her, I still talked to her on the phone, and it's a little tougher now. I haven't seen her in over a year and a half, which is the first time in my life I've never seen her for more than like seven months at a time. But when she was born out in a small farm town, there was no electricity. There's no it's a world where you have eight children and two parents in a one-bedroom home. There's no certipedic mattresses. There's no bunk beds. It's a stove heater. The bathtub's just a big thing of water and the last kid, it comes out dirtier than they were when they went in. That was real. So their idea was how do we get comfort? So we created comfort as a society and some people made money from it, which is fantastic. That's the cool concept of when you contribute to society in a positive way. Imagine the person who created the hot shower There's a few people involved in that, but those people, and you found out they ended up to be millionaires and they lived a really fancy life. I don't know if you're like me, but I'd be like, cool, you know what? (laughs) You deserve it. You made everyone able to have a warm shower and we don't have to sit in someone's bathtub, dirty bath water. And that's where I think, hey, yay, capitalism, awesome. You know, The people who put effort in to invent and create and make a positive contribution to this life, and this world, you're rewarded. It's good, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, where things get a little dicey is when all of a sudden, and the problem is right now, there's not many more comforts left to create. So the odds of someone creating the next hot water invention to make them rich is most likely unlikely. I'm pretty sure that made sense. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, you need to start watching some documentaries on YouTube. There's some great like 15 to 20 minute documentaries about the economic state of the world, how history created the world like this. How does history repeat itself? Why is this the first time in history we're seeing things? We talk as if, well, this is how it's always been. It's like, no, when did we have computers in the past? Like when did artificial intelligence start taking over human capabilities? If you haven't seen the documentary about Go, which is a Chinese chess type game, or I think more like Othello, but it's a ridiculously interesting game. And I've been looking at it. I've never played it. So i watched watch this documentary and it is way more complicated than chess. And they've created a computer that can compete with the world champion. And the documentary is about this. And you might be like, well, why the hell are you listening to shit like that? Well, one, China's a big country and they're doing a lot of stuff. And I think it's important I know some of their culture. So I did not know Go. And Go is a big deal there. I had no idea. Two, we're talking about computers beating humans at games. Now, why is this important and why are they able to do that? Well, the key to any game like chess is you have to be able to memorize moves. You have to anticipate this is this pattern of moves, this is this pattern of moves, and how do you know that's how it is? Because they all have names. So it's like, this is the Spanish... Start I don't even know the terms. This is the blah 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 Start and it's like the first move Oh, that's this move and it has a whole name and from this one You can make seven other choices from just this Character, but then you can do all these moves and then the defense can do all this moves So what is artificial intelligence? It's basically just feeding it with all the fucking past experience and say, memorize this, and now analyze it. And based on the competitor's movements, you make these choices. And that's what artificial intelligence really is. It's not complicated, but it's fucking time-consuming. Like they have this new app for radiologists. So what you do is you take a picture of the x-ray of, let's say, the chest. And then it comes back, with a probability of what's actually wrong. And this app is diagnosing people roughly the same and it's already started to be better than humans. These are studies. This isn't me just, oh my God, mind surfer, you're so silly. Like, you know, you really talk about stuff that's irrelevant. Like, how is this relevant in my life? The point is, if an app can do the job of humans that cost $100,000 a year or $50,000 or whatever the fuck they make per year, companies will do it. Because that's the direction of the future. Look at anyone who's promoted to boss and they're told, fix what we have. First thing they do is they cut. They cut salaries, they cut commissions, they cut jobs, and then they wonder why production isn't going up. So yeah, but we have to cut to save money. But why can't we just sustain the same numbers as last year? Oh, because it's infinite growth. We must never stop growing. If that's the type of thinking you have, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to like anything I have to say. Because it is impossible to have infinite growth on a finite planet. That's the only reason people might be even going to space. And I'm really, really really confused by how so many people are going to space right now. It's really interesting. It's strange. It's strange. It's weird. It's really weird. I don't know. It just... We're talking trillions of dollars being invested. And we're suffering some of the greatest poverty. And financial crises the world has ever seen. Like we're already talking about the Great Depression and we're too busy and this is what really, I had to turn off the news. That's why I had to create content like this because what the fuck are we being fed? It's just talking about the past and wasting fucking, it's just bullshit. And we need to be talking about, okay, we can't do anything about that. These people are elected into office. I'm going to ignore them for four years until it's time to get rid of them again. And if they didn't make drastic changes, I don't need a day-by-day, play-by-play fucking press conference of how the day went. Let me know how it goes in two years, and then when it's time for you to be re-elected. That's it. And if we see true change in our life without the words like, listen to me, blah, 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 it becomes a little entertaining and it just keeps people distracted. So if you're one of my loyal listeners, I'm assuming you've already strapped on your runners, you've gone for your walk, you're walking, you're breathing, you're looking around, you do a stretch with your arms up. Just like, fuck, life is good. A nice stretch, bend back a bit, do whatever, that doesn't hurt you. Don't do anything, like, oh my God, you told me to do that, but I hurt myself. Well. Fucking you know you, all right? That's the problem with our world right now. Just because I give a bit of advice and then you do it word for word it's like you told me to do that, I didn't do it, now I'm hurt. Fuck off, like seriously, that's the problem with the world. We need to be accountable for our actions. We need to know what our bodies are. We need to know who we are. We need to treat our bodies the way we know they should be treated. Now, this is going to bring me to the part that, you know, it's not fun. And this part sucks. Here's the brain-pricking question of the day. How useless is your job? Because we're at a point now in society where, let's put it this way. If you're over 55 and you're 10 years from retirement, this conversation is irrelevant for you now. But. It might be something that you're going to want to think about when you retire and now have a bunch of free time. Now, if your whole intention to only sit on the couch and watch TV with your free time, well, fine. If your choice is to, wait, I have some deep down passions i wanted to do, I want to help people, then cool. This conversation is not pointed towards you. Anyone who's in a job that they have, you know, their are 10, 15 years left, do it. You've been working for 15 years, you got another 15, do it. I'm not saying don't do it, I'm not shitting on anyone. If that's a life choice you made, good for you. I worked in many of those union jobs for many years and then woo, I stopped, because I was like, I can't do it. But I didn't get married, I didn't have kids, I didn't have the commitments. There's no other jobs that will pay like those will. So I just want to clear that up. Just for anyone who's, how dare you speak ill about what I do. I'm not speaking ill about what you do. I can speak ill about what I do. And what I do is I try to prick the needles into the brain, mind, and soul of people to dig back that feeling of being born on this planet without all the bullshit and illusions and veils placed over our eyes and our minds and the true purpose of being here and the wonderment of being curious like a child and the only thing that took away that curiosity was the ridicule and mocking of older people telling you to stop daydreaming, stop being silly, stop not paying attention, focus, pick something and then just make money. And that's it, that's the purpose of life. That's what we're taught. And it makes sense until it doesn't. And if people try to tell you it's always been like this, ask them when it started. And if their answer is anytime time before 1800, now I think the sense of purpose has been what's driven people to always want to be part of a thriving society. And that is important. And we need that. The problem is when the society gets hijacked by a bunch of blood-sucking, greedy, narcissistic assholes and then all their minions follow suit and everyone is run through fear of being thrown in jail. Because jail is not a fun place. As we start to ponder and ask ourselves how useful our jobs are this is often where we lead to some depression because we don't do it in a structured way we feel like i just want to fucking kill myself figuratively or literally unfortunately and then we get this anger and frustration and feeling of this will never change nothing will get better what's the point point? and only thinking from that perspective is easy to get caught up in that thinking with a little bit of help, a little bit of work for yourself, a little bit of help from the outside and a little help from yourself. The help from yourself has to be you choosing to listening to stuff like this, talking to a counselor, changing your habits. So instead of watching six hours of streaming videos, you watch five hours and you do one hour walk. Hey, that's one positive step. So it's not about changing your whole life. It's just about changing some little aspects. Now, you may go on a walk and then bump into someone of interest at a coffee shop and then sit down and say, you know what? You have a really cool energy. Can we just sit down and chat? And I'm pretty sure most people, unless you know they're married or they're just not interested, would say, yeah, sure, let's chat for 10, 15 minutes. I got to go after. but And who knows? Maybe you made a new friend. Maybe it's a beginning of a new acquaintance that you'll say hi to every time you see them, just remember, no one is obligated to be your friend and no one's obligated to do anything. Just because I suggest something doesn't mean that the outcome has to be that way. I've been a person that in my life, most adults in my life make friends with everyone, everyone on the path. And I've been fortunate enough to have that skill. And... Just because we become friends doesn't mean we have to hang out six days a week. It could just be we bump into each other once a month. We send a text. Hey, how's it going? I hope you're doing well. I have so many people from around the world that I keep in touch with because it's so inspiring what they're doing. And that's one of the reasons why I love Facebook. I get to see what people are up to. They can see what I'm up to. We can share. We can laugh. We can recall that's why I like Facebook. Now, I also enjoy it because I can throw perspectives that are not maybe what everyone considers normal. But when you truly look deep into it, there's something, there's something there. And I can't explain why I've had certain experiences. And if you choose not to believe my experiences, that's okay. I'm not here to tell you to believe me. I'm just here to say, hey, are you aware of this? And if people say, well, that's not even real, so why do you want to make people aware of it? Really? Okay, so you are steadfast on that perspective, 100%, 100%, but there's zero chance it's true, even though I personally have experienced it. And you don't trust me or believe me, and that's okay, I don't blame you, you don't know me. Or maybe you do know me, you just don't like the idea that I would have that experience and you couldn't i get it there's a lot of perspectives i've had to dwell over this for years to even want to talk about this shit because it's weird but it's too real in my world and it's way too serendipitous and way too many coincidences occur for me to stop because the more i continue and the more i write and the more i connect and the more i help the more it just keeps growing and showing that yeah, that's what I showed you before, so just keep doing this. It's like, fuck, I'm like really? This is ridiculous. But fine, let's keep doing it, let's grow it, let's see how it works. And it's just really about becoming self-accountable. And you could be upset whenever people tell you to look in the mirror, you look in the mirror. I was like, I do look in the mirror. I look in the mirror all the time, but I look deep in my eyes. And I don't just look in the mirror physically, I look in the mirror within my soul. And how would I like that if people did that to me? This is where you start looking at the table you sit at whenever you sit with people and you hang out and you have a good time. Are you just sitting around judging, mocking, ridiculing, making fun of others? Is that all you're doing? Or are you talking about, here, this is what I'm doing. This is what I've learned. Wait, what have you done this week? This is what I did this week. I did some yoga this week. I did, oh yeah, there's this new practice I started. Oh, really? Well, there's this breathing exercise I found. Do you want to go practice this breathing exercise? Do you want to do this? Or, and then you get back together and instead of drinking a bunch of beer and wine, you start drinking some tea and fresh juices and fresh waters. When you start realizing that as you get older, the more you hang out with your smaller group of people, the more you motivate each other to do good or bad. Instead of sitting around smoking the whole time don't (laughs) and it sucks because I'm still smoking I'm stopping I'm starting I'm stopping I'm starting and I need to stop again and this whole project has been very very stressful and for some reason I just started smoking again do I want to continue forever no do I want to stop yes and I'm going to be smoke free again yes and there's no point in me getting mad at myself. I'm not going to be hard on myself. I'm not going to let others be hard on me. And no one is, which is cool. I'm glad because fuck off. It's not even your business. Who cares? You have to do it for yourself. It has to be the decision of I'm doing this because I want to stop. And that's how we do that as friends. And sometimes we have to step away from some friends who are in their very set ways who refuse to do anything different, you suggest different ideas, you suggest, you suggest, you suggest, and they say no, 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 no. So after a while you just say, okay, fine, then I'm just gonna go hang out with people who I don't need to suggest it because they're already doing it. So I just go to shit by myself. And I'm like, hey, what's up, motherfuckers? I'm me, wanna be friends? And of course I don't say that, but I have the attitude of that. I don't go into being like, oh, this bunch of losers. Fucking, I can't believe how stupid this is. Oh, everyone's gonna make fun of me. I can't believe, I hope no one ever sees me here. No one better take a picture. This better not go on social media, blah, 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 blah. Whatever, if that's your way of thinking, that's your way of thinking. If you're like, wow, that's just who I am. Like, what do you want me to do? I'll suggest like I always suggest call your Employee Family Assistance Program, call a counselor, call someone that you can talk to and say, hey, I've recognized, since I've been listening to Mind Surfer Radio, that I actually speak quite negatively in my mind. And I think I'm ready to start challenging this concept that maybe there's a different way to think than the way I think. Because I think, therefore I am, Descartes. And... It has been brought to my attention that some people think in different ways. Like some people say nice things in their head. Some people don't shit on themselves constantly because they were shit on constantly as the way of growing up. Mocking and ridiculing was the way of growing humans. Mock and ridicule, mock and ridicule. What, it's just sarcasm, it's just a joke. You're too sensitive. Quit being such a sensitive little child. And then you have these people grow up with that. That's imprinted in your brain as you grow. And so you're like, okay, I need to quit being a stupid child. Quit doing this. Stop, stop. See, all you have is a stop, 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 stop. There's no man, good job doing this. Good job doing this. Hey, you exceeded this. This is your first time attempting this and you did this well. You did this. Hey, there's still practice. Practice is the key to life, but you're doing this well. You're doing this well. Good job. Pat on the back. High five. Booyah. Chest bump. Yeah. Whatever it is. So as we become more aware of our thinking or aware that there's different ways to think, and it may sound ridiculous, It may sound completely out of line. So my coaching, and when I talk to my people with mindfulness, it's not about dealing with your past trauma. You need to deal with that shit before you get to the next step, which is then owning the trauma and then building on it and recognizing the old habits and building the new habits. That's what I help. I just want to be clear. I'm not giving advice on how to deal with your past shit. You need to deal with that with people who do that professionally. That's not what I do professionally. And I'm not gonna pretend that that's what I do. But as you learn techniques on how to do it and you shift your way of thinking, I will give you more experiences and practices and exercises for you to use in conjunction with the help you're getting. When I started studying mindfulness seven years ago, it was because I had never seen this concept used before. And I was privileged and honored, which I didn't realize at the time, to be studying a class with the instructor, Dr. Thurn in Toronto, who studied under John Kabat-Zinn, who's like the modern day mindfulness guru. And she spent years in India practicing mindfulness. And she's now a doctor at a hospital in Toronto, offering night classes on mindfulness. Well, she was, I don't know if she still is. And she's one of the most amazing people I've met who helped me shift my life and discover a path that it's beyond money. And when you create something out of the pureness of your heart and you work to help others, money will come. Now it's not going to be a faucet running right away. It takes time and effort. I've been at this for seven years and spent way more money than I have made on this project. And it's not done yet. And I keep working on it. And every day I'm working on it. This is part of it. And as we grow and as we become more aware of our contribution to society and what we're doing, we have to take into account mindfulness. And whether we agree with everything that's going on or whether you agree with what I'm saying or whether you agree because of your limited experiences or beliefs, how dare you say I have limited beliefs? If that's your thinking, this isn't for you yet. It will be, maybe. Or maybe you need to find someone who speaks differently or who speaks softer or who speaks less aggressively or who isn't so blunt. The key is just recognize if you're going through something right now and it sucks, you are going to have to take into account many aspects, including how is your soul feel doing the work you're doing? And if you say right away, I fucking hate what I'm doing. All right. That's good to know. What are the chances from zero to 10 10 being easy and zero being not easy, of just quitting and just finding another job. And if you're anywhere under an eight or a six or a seven, that means you just can't quit. That means you have to live with what you're doing. Now that's where planning to start recognizing, K. I can't continue like this, not forever. What's my exit strategy? What's my future endeavor? What's my dream? How do I want to be part of society? How do I want my legacy to be left behind? What do I want my epitaph to say on my gravestone? Here lies blah, blah, blah. Here lies the mind surfer, an imperfect man Trying to lead by example. I don't know, whatever it is you want to put up or that you want to be remembered by or that you feel like, what is it? If you want to truly study, study, study in-depth mindfulness, I say check out Kane Ramsey. I studied multiple online courses with him and I really enjoyed his stuff. He seems like a really down to earth, legitimate human being who has really understood and broken down what mindfulness is. He's done a really good job of it. And his courses are very, very, very affordable, like under 20 bucks a course. And they're like 20 hours, eight hours, like they're long, but jam packed with value. You know, mind Surfer, you shouldn't be advertising other people's stuff for sale. You should be just selling your own stuff. That's what makes you a bad business person. I know it makes me a bad business person, but I'd rather be a better human being than a bad business person. And if I can give people direction to find help immediately in something that really starts to interest them, excellent. If people take my courses or buy my online videos that I'm starting to create, hopefully it triggers them to start practicing Basic mindfulness if after learning basic mindfulness people decide, you know what I want to learn more Well, that's when you're gonna go see them I don't see myself as a mindfulness master mindfulness guru people come up to me like oh, what's your favorite practice? What's your favorite this what's I'm like, dude, I don't care about that shit like that to me The knowledge of mindfulness is not as important as the practice of mindfulness. I don't give a shit Like, I don't know. You can question me to be like, well, how legitimate are you on the history of it? I'm like, I'm shit. I'm absolute shit. But go ask an all-star soccer player who's the best player in the world to give you the entire history of soccer. And maybe they don't know it as well as you do, but that still doesn't take away that they're better at practicing soccer than you are. And there's this whole ego thing about knowledge of everything. It's like, okay, cool. But mindfulness is just about practicing at first. And then understand it and learn about it later if you want. But just practice. And then as you practice and you have difficulties, you goes, man, I'm having difficulties with this part. My brain won't shut off, my thoughts won't stop. The thoughts just keep coming in. Like, what the fuck? Well, that's where we have to sit down and just practice that and hone it and harness it. And then we break it down. And that's why I do my courses in five weeks. So after five weeks, there's nothing more I can show you. Sure, there's, I have tons of shit I put for free out there as well. And eventually I'll have my book, so you'll have tons of info there. But when it comes to why am I doing this, I'm not doing this to have clients pay me every month. Like this whole idea of you need to be a member to be part of my group. Fuck that shit. Like I don't want your money all the time. I don't. Who am I to ask for your money all the time? You give me money if you think I deserve it. And I don't think there's anyone that I want to give my money to every month just because there's so many membership ideas and companies and apps It's like fuck the fuck off. I've deleted pretty much all apps that were anything that had to do with monthly subscriptions. I have a few free apps that I really enjoy. I like them, but I don't need the extra features. And then there's a couple of them. I buy the extra features when I need them and then I get rid of it. I just don't renew them monthly. And that's okay too. Like it's just, at the end of the day, What are you offering? I'm not shitting on people whose businesses are monthly just some of them, I guess they have to be, but others don't have to be like, there used to be a time where you could like own a video game. I don't even know if that works anymore. I haven't owned a video game console in five years or six years. So I don't know. I don't know how it works anymore. It used to be fun for me, but now, The concept of just letting my days waste away playing a video game no longer interests me. And I prefer to pursue this. How can I be a better human being? How can I be helpful? How can I give to others? As you start mapping out what your future is going to look like, what you'd like it to look like, what your goals are. Maybe your goals are different than they used to be. Maybe it's not just about money anymore. Maybe it still is. But until you can shift out of the money perspective, life will continue to be a struggle. I hate to say it, but the whole idea of money is a little outdated. And our egos have started to measure the worth of a man based on a fictitious concept called money. It's not fictitious. It's real. I can touch it. Okay, until our currency goes to crypto in 10, 15 years. That'll never happen. Okay, cool. That'll never happen. So then when it does, oh my God, I can't believe it happened. Yeah, what do you mean can't believe? You knew it was gonna happen, you just kept saying it wouldn't. You chose to tell all the people who said, hey, have you researched this? Hey, hey I know this is uncomfortable. I know this idea is not cool. But have you thought of the idea of what it's gonna be like for your grandchildren when this decision continues the way it is? I don't care, I just wanna watch my sports and read my murder mystery novels. That's it, who gives a shit? That's where we've become. And there comes a point where you recognize I'm not gonna have a pension. My friends' kids aren't going to have a pension. How are they going to live in a society where they can still thrive and have the comforts we have? Or have we just decided, oh, well, we have all the last comforts, fuck everyone else. If they're not millionaires or billionaires, so be it. I did what I had to do. I worked what I had to do. I don't want to put any more effort in being a human being because as long as I'm comfortable, fuck everyone else. Fuck everyone else. Fuck everyone else, because that's the concept going on right now. I've had old people tell me this. Who cares? Who cares if there's no more pension? I don't give a fuck if my grandkids don't have the pension. You guys are funding it for us, and we get to retire. It's your problem next. These are actual people in my life who speak like this. I'm not making it up. I'm not exaggerating. That's how they speak. It's like, fuck. I'm like, all right, like, whatever. You're, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. That's it. It's a hard shift to go through. It's not easy. I know, this episode started fun. Woo! And it's like, fuck. Like, Why'd you do that? Well, because you're going to become more aware. An article's going to come up. A friend is going to say something. And you're gonna now be engaged in this conversation. Because you're gonna realize that every time you mocked and ridiculed or rolled your eyes or scoffed someone for saying something completely weird or something that just doesn't interest you, but maybe of value, you're not gonna do one of those old habits. You're gonna go with inquisition and say, huh. Like, how did you first learn about that? What made you shift your thinking? It's amazing how you can attract people with the honey of questions instead of the vinegar of accusations and insults and judgment. But when you use the honey questions, what inspired you to have to come up with that idea? What inspired you to start thinking that way? Did something happen that shifted your perspective? and let the people tell their story. Now, with this story, listen, be intrigued. Actually give a shit. Start locking that information and perspectives in your mind so then now you've expanded your point of view. This doesn't mean that you have to believe 100% everything everyone says. It means that you're listening to it and going, huh, okay, I've never heard of that before. And then all of a sudden, you'll hear five other people say something like that. And then you go, holy shit, all these people think like that too? I just never realized it. I've never went down this path of thought because I've always been so close-minded. And as you grab your surfboard and you ride these new waves of thoughts, they might throw you down because you might be so overwhelmed by how ridiculous some of the concepts are. It just thrashes you around but just keep practicing. And if you're free for five minutes, you're sitting on the toilet, instead of scrolling Facebook, use like Ecosia, which is a search app that plants a tree every time you search on it and look up whatever that information is. It's amazing how we can make small changes that really don't affect our lives much but start broadening our perspective, which then in turn, you're gonna notice, broadens the path you create in front of yourself. And when you broaden a path and shed light on more of your path, you may start changing directions because you're gonna start seeing and meeting people who have also gone through the shift you've gone through. And it's not always easy. It's not always fun. It's not always fun and games, but, as you meet these people, and you go in with a positive attitude, and you don't go in as, a, as an energy vampire. You don't go in wanting to take people's energy. You have to go in just to be part of the energy. It's a give and take, equally. And as you start recognizing it, you're going to have fun there. You're going to make new friends. And all of a sudden, new connections will emerge. New ideas will come about. New invitations new adventures, and then all of a sudden a new job opportunity that you never even knew existed, but you'd never had the chance to even have that job had you not shifted your attitude, shifted your thinking, shifted your open-mindedness. So it's not about hating what you're doing right now. It's about loving the idea of what's going to be coming next and putting those actions forward. I get it. We live in an instant gratification world. We do. I've suffered from it a lot. It's taken years for me to start realizing, okay, I had to let stuff go. Let go. Let go. A lot of material shit. Let it go. Gone. All the shit I had. Okay. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Fuck. But it's okay. You keep going. You keep going. Then you realize you didn't need a lot of it. And then you got to sometimes occasionally put up some boundaries and have some people just stay away because their habits aren't good for you and what they do isn't good for you it doesn't mean you don't love them it doesn't mean you don't want to be around them ever it just means at this moment things need to change for you and the best way for your change to occur is for you to be in your cave of solitude like superman now of course this should be done in conjunction with help and have a professional help guide you and read books on this. Read books on how you can interact with others. There's a book on love languages. So you can know how to talk to or how to treat certain people because everyone needs different requirements and it may sound silly, but it actually makes sense. As much as we're all different and unique, we can all be categorized into like 16 groups. Which is why AI is so easy to replicate a human species because all humans are is a series of events that they choose to do. Now some people say, well, I didn't choose to have, let's say, a disease. Let's use cancer. I didn't choose to have it. Okay. You did not choose obviously to have it consciously, but by eating, let's say products made with Roundup or products made with certain dye colors or products made under certain conditions or hydrogenated corn syrup. When you start using products that aren't supposed to be consumed by humans, but they've been manufactured to help with crops, which it makes sense. How would we feed all the people if we didn't have the advancements in agriculture that we've had? Now the answer might be, well, we would just be self-sufficient in our own neighborhoods. And I agree, we could be doing that, but we've chosen not to build a society like that. Our society we've built is the government tells us what to do, they know what's best for us, keep everyone in line. That's it, that's the society we've chosen, we agree with it, we've accepted it, and that's how we have to live by that. As we become more aware of our contribution to society, what we do, how we play a part, how everyone plays a part, this is where the mindfulness and planning and self-learning and healing all comes into play. It's not your fault. You're where you need to be at this moment we all are and starting today and every day from today what are the choices you choose to make and if you're choosing to be eating foods or consuming products or talcum powder it was deemed that over years and years of use it was also a carcinogen And my grandfather used talcum powder all the time, and he ended up dying of cancer at the age of 95. So he did well. He defeated cancer four times, and that is absolutely an amazing story. But yes, you're right. You didn't choose that, but the choices over the course of 15 or 20 years, whether you're aware of it or not, led you to have the ability to get it. And the point with AI that I'm making is they're gonna reach a point of being able to analyze all molecules and do all experiments, all information within their sensors because they're gonna have all the sensors. They're they're gonna be able to see light that we can't see. They're gonna hear sounds we can't hear. They're gonna be able to do scientific research within looking at something and then touching it with their sensors and then computing the information in matters of seconds. That's what's gonna happen with quantum computing. For people who don't believe in what the future brings, it's not hard to comprehend what's gonna happen. This species of computers is going to be completely self-sustainable and they're gonna understand how humans act. They're gonna decipher it all. They're gonna understand emotions. They're gonna understand all of it and they're gonna look at us and be like what the fuck are you doing this emotion is just a gauge when you get upset is because you've learned that under certain circumstances it's best for you to have this big burst of because then it creates fear in others and so then they back down and then oh I feel good so then the robot will do that like, but with like guns and fucking like the whole army and you'll be like "Fuck!" and they'll like well that's what you guys do so we're gonna do that AI, whether you want to believe it or not, is going to be a very interesting species that is going to simply, constantly do little micro decisions throughout its day. And that's what we do. But our micro decisions often have to do with our own gluttony, our own sloth, our own greed, our own comfort our own narcissism. That's the difference. It's we live in a perpetual world of choice and we choose comfort most of the time. That's it. That's it. It's not complicated. Because here's what's gonna happen, and this has happened to some people, I'm sure, I'm sure some people listening may have happened to you. Your knees get cut out from under you and you lose everything. You lose your job, you lose your house. Watch Fun with Dick and Jane that. Like that shit has happened to people in real life. Talk to any of them and see how their perspective of life has changed from the idea of money to the idea of being a human. And if you don't think that will ever happen to you, that whole fun with Dick and Jane movie, and if you haven't watched it, it's a great movie, Jim Carrey, amazing guy. One day I hope to have him as a guest on Mind Surfer Radio. He's absolutely one of my No, he is my all-time favorite actor, and he is one of those people that, as a child, gave me non-stop laughs and stories between me and my cousins, because we imitated him all the time. Alrighty then, P-A-R-T-Y, because I gotta. And we always misquote it, so I'm sure most of my misquotes are wrong, so you can always send me a message on Instagram, The Mind Surfer. Check it out, The Mind Surfer on Instagram. Shoot me a message. Tell me if you have any questions, if you like what I'm doing, if you want ideas, you have topics, anything you want to throw out there, go to my Instagram, The Mind Surfer. Throw me a direct message, I will reply, and let's have some fun. I hope you're having a good day. I hope today's episode was a fun one. It was interesting. We talked about it a lot, right? Like, holy shit, like what the fuck? How does your brain go from that subject to that subject so quickly? I'm like, I wasn't quickly. You just walked for an hour. And congratulations, I'm glad you walked. I love what you're doing. I thank you for being part of it. I appreciate you. This is a shout out to TPR. You are awesome. And I appreciate all your wicked feedback because you're wicked awesome. That's right. Have a great day. Surf's up. Namaste. Hello.